Hail the void, little voidlings, and welcome to another exciting episode of If I Could Wish a Wish. On our previous episode, Tumaini stretched her wings as Ludwig came face to face with an angry bear in the woods. The mysterious elf slipped away in the dead of night after charming Rook to sleep against his will. Now our former gladiators have entered into the town of Oakhurst, where Quillanen has already gathered some information about the strange attacks on livestock and the town's unusual jubilance for Midsummer Festival. Rook, through a series of secret tunnels and dubious hand signals, learned of a merchant, Ukreli, who might be willing to give him some more information about the druid they seek. Will the merchant be of any help? Will Quillanen engage with this strange band of bedfellows? Will Ludwig ever take a bath? Find out now on If I Could Wish a Wish. And then I drop the the last little bit of the grog down on the bar. With the whole keg just boom. I'm a man. Drink from a can. <laughs> we follow in, I'm assuming, a little bit more uh, nonchalantly. What a bearskin. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so, so the proprietor walks up and sort of like looks at you and furrows his brow at you. And he, he sort of pulls a rag out of his thing and starts off the counter. He's like, what can I? And then he looks at your keg, and he like, he like shakes his head, and he turns it, and he reads the the name of it. It's, it's like, this is, this is a Chateau Gluang. Where did, where did you find this? I found it. I found it. <laughs> and he sort of picks it up and shakes it, and like looks super just. There's distraught. like a single drink left in and it. He's like, well. If you find any more of this, let me know. This is extremely valuable. <laughs> Do you want the last drink? He's like, yeah. He, he, he opens it up and pours it out into a cup, and you can see, like, it's about 60% backwash. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, on second thought, I'll, I'll, I'll seed it to you. <laughs> he slides it to you. <laughs> and Roger drinks it. Great. Um, and then burps in his face. <laughs> and so you, you, this gives you guys enough time to uh, to approach 
Boo Roderick has gotten there first. Uh, uh, I have a question. Do we get stared at a lot when we look into oh, yeah. especially it's, together? It, it's like walking into a country bar. Like, <laughs> as but we're soon used as, to it, too, so we go find like, a dark, seedy corner. Yeah. As soon as the door opens, uh, just everybody goes to a whisper quiet, and you sort of see eyes being thrown around. And, of course, I... <laughs> I just lazily stretch my wings, like, yeah. so used to this. <laughs> I come up to Roderick, I'll, like, put a hand on his shoulder and be like, I see you're making friends. He says that whatever was in there was really good. Oh, I nobody concur. else in our party would know. You concur? I think you're shooting a little high on the vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Or he could say, I concord. It's yes, <laughs> I concord. I concord. I concord. I concord too, Ron. <laughs> I concord. Uh, I'm going to try and get the bartender's uh, attention. Okay. He's sort of still like for like longingly staring at the, the cask, and you sort of like wave at him <laughs> or snap at him. He, he Can you fill it up? And he says, um, I mean... With what we have, yes, not with what was in it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so he he takes the keg and uh, sort of like take takes a glass of water and pours it in and swishes it around and dumps it out. And uh, that's nice of him. He didn't he, have to do he, that. He fills it up uh, from the tap with uh, ale and he puts it down and says uh, that'll be five silver pieces. He opens his pouch and he, he looks inside of it. Um, and I, they can do change for gold, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Um, I take out one gold piece and I hand it to the bartender. Uh, he, he sort of like looks at you for a second and then takes the gold piece and says, your money's good here. Thanks. I didn't think my currency would be bad. He says, well... <laughs> and uh, Roderick, Roderick uh, like steps up and kind of pushes his shoulders forward and he's like, actually, that's my money. <laughs> he says... Uh, I have folks can be folks can be cold around these parts, especially to, to those that they don't know. Uh, but you're welcome here. Can can we get more for that piece? Uh, sure. Would you like to buy a round? Yes. All right. He he brings out a round for each of you, and uh, you do notice there's there's an, uh, a woman sitting next to you as well who's just finished her ale for for the whole house. Uh, he says, uh, he like looks around the whole house. He's like, uh, Counting. <laughs> it might, might take a little more than this to, to fill the house. I take another gold piece out and hand it to him. Oh, you have gold? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then I, I, I point at her from her to everyone. He, he says, all right. And he starts pouring things. He's like, uh, around on the, uh, around on this young lady. And I'm just like this because I know that so many people are not going to drink this alcohol now because they think yeah, it's for me. Uh, make a perception check. <laughs> I pick her up and shake her in the air. <laughs> Nineteen. Uh, you look. You do see a couple of people like sniff at it when they get it, and like and like even like dip finger in and taste it. I just look at them and I go, I didn't pour it. <laughs> uh, and he uh, puts a drink in front of you as well. Uh, I look around all the people who haven't drank their drinks and who are kind of like looking at it disgusted and I tap Roderick on the shoulder in kind of like a, a follow me kind of motion. They're being and mean I, to your wings. Yeah, and I turn to the left and I, I go to the first table and I look at them and I drink my drink in front of them and then I grab one of their drinks and I drink it. Make an intimidation check. Okay. 
<laughs> I need help with intimidating. Is that why you're bringing Roderick with you? One. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you. I mean, that's one plus the. Plus two. No, you don't get any pluses oh. there. No. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you, you drink, you start drinking yours and you sort of. You sort of choke on it, and then you put it down, and you pick up theirs, and you try to drink it, and you're just like dribbling ale. That's so, so intimidating. Roderick laughs and reaches the around before you drink from their cup, and he like backwashes into it and sits it back down <laughs> after drinking from it. And we move on to the next table. <laughs> I quickly drink all their drinks. <laughs> Do you see the, the, the two of you at the bar sort of see the bartender like watching this service and like, I just replaced those tables. I'm laughing so hard, just like, uh, okay. Um. I don't know, I'm, like, I'm doing this in the hopes that as I get around, the people will drink their drinks before oh, okay. I get to them. And whenever he lo- seems like he's not able to handle the ale, I just reach around and grab it from him and backwash into it and so put it back down. I was going to come out of the Closet. secret entrance. Yeah, totally. Is it near the tavern? Uh, no, the tavern's all, all the way at the front of the town. Oh, so I you went to, to the jail. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, so I, I, I can. I was going to go ahead and check the town hall first before returning to the group. Okay. Uh, make a perception check. Seventeen. Seventeen. All right. Yeah. You, uh, you walk in. Are you being stealthy, or are you just? I'm just. I, I'm. I'm coming in like I'm a customer. Uh, you walk into the town hall and you notice uh, people mostly going about their days. No, uh, didn't you say it was general store that the first, yeah. yeah, that's where I'm going. It's a general oh, store. Oh, okay. No, um, town hall. Sorry. You walk in, you see a uh, a middle aged woman uh, behind the counter um, exchanging goods for for coin. Um, it seems pretty busy. It's it's um, early in the day, so people are getting their shopping done and uh, picking up their uh, produce for the uh, for the for the day. All right, I walk to the counter and I inquire if she uh, is free to, to assist me. Uh, I'm asking her if she's, can I get uh, some assistance on something? She's, uh, sh- she's actively helping a customer as you walk in and, and, and ask her that. And she sort of like gives you an eyeball and, like, and, clearly and I... making change. And she says, well, it's, it's kind of one of our busier times. Uh, and she sort of like eyes your feathers and your beak and she says, what kind of assistance can I offer you? I have some business. Uh, I have something I'd like to sell. But I need to speak to a certain individual I was referred to. Um, okay, who are you looking for? Uh, I understand that uh, Hukreli is able to help me in my business. I have some stones to show. I have some stones for sale that you might be interested in. She says, I'm Carowin Hukreli. This is my establishment. Uh, excellent. Would you have a moment, madame? Um, of course. Milady. And so she, uh, she uh, ends up uh, cha- changing out the last remaining customers. It takes her about 10, 15 minutes to clear the store. Um, then there's just a few people walking around, browsing items as, uh, as she goes, returns to the counter and, and um, says, what, what is it I can help you with? So I take all three of my stones out of my pouch and lay them on the table, and I asked her if she has any, any, uh, if she's ever seen anything like this. Um, she, she, as you, uh, you start to pour out the bag, uh, it's the sort of copper coins sort of come out first, 
but then as the gems sort of roll out onto the onto the counter, her eyes sort of light up, and she pulls a jeweler's uh, eye uh, to look at the gems, and she says, uh, "Well, these are extraordinary gems. Um, they are are worth quite a lot, more than I have in my store currently." Um, An appraisal, then. She uh, looks them over, and yeah. She, uh, so, uh, two of the gems are worth about 50 gold pieces. Alright, do you know which ones? I've got the dark stone, the tableau, and the translucent. The first two are, are 50, and then the last one's worth about 10 gold pieces. Alright. So, you seem to know the value of these stones. Is there anything more that I should know about these um, magical properties for uh, she sort of like looks them over and, and she says, "Well, I'm no wizard. Um, I don't, I don't feel any power coming off of them. Um, I know that certain sorcerers and wizards use different gemstones as uh, material for uh, spells." And I push the, uh, I push the uh, the ten gold uh, stone towards her. I said, "Would you be interesting purchase, purchasing the lesser?" Um, she looks it over and she says, well, normally I pool my gold for the midsummer fruit for the village. Um, I'll tell you this. How about information and I'll cut the price in half to five. I'm looking for a man that you may know the whereabouts of. She is intrigued by this. Make a persuasion check. So it's 19. 19. All right, yeah. She uh, she leans in and she scoops your other two gems and the copper pieces back into the bag and hands it to you and um, pulls out five gold pieces and, and trades you for the gem. And she says, what information can I offer you? And we're going to cut back to you guys in the past. Um, you, the Roderick and, uh... At, at this point, Roderick has joined one of the, the patrons' tables, and he's regaling them with a tale of how he slayed the bear. And at that point, I brought my sword down, he slams it down into the ground. You're a guest on Make a constitution saving throw, and also make a, uh, with disadvantage for the, the saving throw. Oh, no, I got a nine for constitution. Okay. And then, what do you want me to do? We'll make another roll real quick. Okay. Okay, so the nine. And then, is this for my attack? And then, and or then a or just. Attack. Uh, oh, charisma? charisma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, persuasion. Persuasion? Alright, that's gonna be a nine as well. Okay. So, uh. I like sloppily. Is trying to explain how he, he destroyed this bear, but he has been walking from table to table drinking <laughs> everybody's ale. It's terrible. He's slurring his words. <laughs> At one point, the bear becomes a worm, and he's he's talking about how he he, he attacked this giant uh, furred worm uh, in the and and saved saved many damsels from from destruction, and uh, it, it's it's so like it's so, so over the top and so obviously being fabricated that people are just sort of like nodding along like when will this drunk bastard leave us alone. Oh. Uh, what have you been doing while, while all this has been going on? I've been <coughs> talking quietly to the uh, people on either side of me, which is Sakura, 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 Sakura and, me. and Talami, Timani, 
and um, quietly saying as I'm sipping my ale, thank you for uh, purchasing the ale, first of all, and your friend seems a little off. <laughs> uh, does he? <laughs> oh, I'd have a quip for that if I was there. <laughs> as you hear a raunchy fart. Uh, he means well? I say this because I don't even know if he means well. No. That you have another to your company. It's quite an odd assortment, your companions. Well, we were gladiators as of 18 hours ago. Gladiators? Yeah. Um, Slaves. Yeah. That doesn't happen in our area. Where, what part of the country were you in? Do we know? Uh, you were near Paragos when, where you, was where you Paragos. were fighting. What is Paragos? I don't even know. Is that like a... It's a tharch. That didn't answer my question at all. Just made more questions. <laughs> and so now she has more questions. Yeah, a different saying. region of the country. Okay. So you were gladiators. So what are you now? Uh, <laughs> I I hold up the bracelet and I point to uh, Sacra's and I'm like, yeah, slaves is actually pretty good on point. Slaves walking around freely, drinking. Killing bears? He didn't kill the bear. I don't think there were any damsels. <laughs> oh, so I caught that straight. And then at that point, there was a giant worm, and it spit acid at me. And I went like this, Sorry. and then he falls out of the booth. Sorry, yes, there was no worm. <laughs> anyway, so then there was a worm. <laughs> Table. Did I tell you about this worm I knew? <laughs> uh, okay, so he's going on and on about the worm, but you two aren't beyond your senses. Uh, what, what is your tale? You went from slave to slave, but walking around free. Where are you headed? To the next fight. <laughs> yeah, definitely probably to a fight. You can't proactively listen and gossip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um... Sorry, sorry. I kind of eye you warily and say, well, cleric, you have a lot of questions. True. <laughs> and you have no answers. <laughs> I we seek our freedom. <laughs> so. And by I'm, seeking another human druid is how we get our freedom. I see. You have been set to a task. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And you, are you from this town? I'm not. I only arrived this morning. So, travelers together? Travelers, yes. Uh, what was the name of our of our elf friend who walked us through? You never asked? We never had that name. We never had a name, huh? I should Fuck that blonde-haired bitch. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you I, she has very elf-like features. I speak um, in, in uh, draconian. Oh, I speak in elfish to her. Okay. And I said, oh, are you half elf? And I speak back in elf. Yeah! <laughs> I say yes. I say in draconic, have you met your relative recently, Earth Clan? Or Earth Clan? Do you speak, elf Clan. Do you speak draconic, mother? I do not. This little celestial common in knowledge. So you give me just kind of like a. Quack? A tilt. And I just hiss and kind of turn around because she's not. She has no correlation of the person we just met. 
Yeah, because you would probably speak draconic if mm. right. Maybe yeah. maybe not. We don't know. Yeah. And then Roderick walks back over, very drunk, and rejoins the group. Hi, buddy. Take a seat. Except the seat. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he does that. He picks picks up a seat and then he sits it down on the bar and then he leans against it. Okay. I wonder if he uses that bear pelt as toilet paper. <laughs> Dual purpose. Not yet. Not this, this <laughs> I think he uses toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the loincloth. I mean, he probably doesn't even stop when he has to poop. He probably just That's why walking. that ice clumped so hard. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Frozen Klingon. Uh, Gross. Yes, we t- we turn from one slaves who were forced to kill others to slaves to find one person and kill them. Or who knows if we have to kill them. We just have to stop them from being evil. 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 Hmm. It's a straight. Yeah, yes. They've strayed from their path. We're here because apparently he was here in the last 10 years. A warrior of past adventures uh, with a group with another elf clan of your sort. Oh, of my sort? Yeah, a little bit more (laughs) knife-eared. Well, to tell you the truth, I haven't had much connection with the elven tribes. Although I do speak elvish. And perhaps I could be of assistance to you if you are looking for someone that has been connected with them. Well, you are bound by our power <laughs> magic, so you have no no reason to join us. I don't see why you'd want to put yourself in such a disastrous situation. Because she's fun, and Roderick drops an arm on her, and it smells really <laughs> terrible. Perhaps we can speak of this later, after you all have a chance to bathe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Roderick, you uh, you're pretty bad right now. I'm I'm yes. surprised no one's noted no one's took notice to where the bird went. Well, we figured that you probably went off on your own. You'll come back. You have to. We all have bracelets. That means you have to come back. Yes, and uh, you did mention another uh, colleague who was a bird person. Yeah, and Ken where? Koo. I roll constitution check because of smelling my own armpits. Okay. Uh, I got a 22. Okay, it's, you smell like a flower. It smells great. And then I, I pull this, the flower out and I hand it to you. <laughs> <laughs> this flower is like, is like mush and smells like his balls, basically. <laughs> I sniff it once and then I um, hand it to you. Mom, your, your, your spell, isn't it a cantrip? What? To make something bloom? Yes. <laughs> you want to make, make it smell like a flower bloom? Okay. <laughs> can I make what does it say? Druid craft or is I it a cantrip? Um, predict, yeah. make a flower blossom or similar effect. Yeah. So you you reach out and just sort of put, put, touch a finger to it and okay. you sort of restore life to it. Uh, you restore it to its its beautiful daisiness. As it screams and plants, not to put me back down there. Please down! Please down! So, as I do this, may this flower emanate a true scent. And then, do I have to write something down that I've used up this? No, no it's a cantrip, it's so you free. can use it as many times as you want. Okay. And then you take it. And it's your flower now. Your flower's whole again. She hand, he hands it to you. It's, and then I'll a, take it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks! Yes. 
and I finally <laughs> put it on the counter. You, you notice it's my covered air. in pollen, and you don't want to know where that pollen came from. Not in your. You're not gonna put it in your pants. What? <laughs> yeah, he seems very taken aback that you sit it down on the countertop, but he accepts it. Um, Garon comes back up to the counter and says. Um, so are our travelers uh, going to be staying with us this night? It depends uh, on your prices and your availability for size. And I specifically point to him. Besides, <laughs> I think one of our party members is already roosting somewhere else. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's not cheap. Uh, with the Midsummer's Festival on the way we expect many pilgrims, um, it is 20, 20 silver a night per room. Um, I'm sure a one room could fit two of you if need be. If you're on a budget. If we're on a budget. Of course we're on a budget. We're adventurers. I'm a fucking demon. What is, do you think? How is much is a room? I got it, buddy. Don't worry. Uh, he starts digging around his pouch. Nope. He's like, I, and he's like, he's like in my loin, I'm in my loin Are clock. there rafters in the main hall or the dining, the cabin? There would be, yeah. I yeah. would look at the bartender and say, well, I believe you have more than enough money from my friend here to pay for our rooms. Um, Slightly kind of accusatory. He looks around at the pretty full tavern that has all gotten, just gotten ale. He says uh, the, the price was for the ale, not for the, not for the rooms. What about the other piece of gold? I gave you two. That was also for the rest of the rooms. I'm sure I, I can give you some sort of discount for your for your generosity, patronage. Gener patronage. Yes, your patronage. Uh, you want to make a negotiation check for me? Me? Yeah. Oh fuck. Or persuasion, whatever. Is it? Is there a negotiation skill? It's persuasion. I persuasion. Say. Come on, give me a nat twenty. Quit asking for 15, it. 14. 14. I say it with a smile, although my smile's a little creepy because of things. Uh, a little toothy. He says, uh, uh, if for tonight I can bump it down to ten silver oh, a room. Um, but past tonight, I, I'd be losing too much money if I were to give you two less. Deal. I only need it for one night anyway. I have coins. I, I got it, buddy. So back to uh, Rook here. Gold. Gold. I got it. Um, so she, yeah, she's giving you your gold. She says, so what information can I offer you? I was told that you, um, I was told that you uh, ha uh, have knowledge of a man who stayed here at once uh, named Belloc. As you mentioned the name Belloc, her eyes go wide and a little color drains from her face. And she, she looks around and uh, at the other patrons of the store, and she puts her hands up. She says, store's closing, folks. Everybody out. And they sort of put down what they're looking at and, and shuffle out. And she goes and locks the door as they leave um, and turns back to you. And she says, what do you know of Belloc? I don't know much, but I must find him. I was tasked of this. She says, my son and daughter both went out to seek him at the Citadel. They have not returned. 
the Citadel. Uh, may I, I inquire more information of this. Where is the Citadel located? Past the old road, near the Ashen Plains, uh, lies what we call the Sunless Citadel, sunk, sunk below the earth. This man, Belloc, came to our village about 12 years ago uh, in search of it, and that was the last we saw of him. All we know is that twice a year the goblins come out of the Sunless Citadel, once during the summer, once during the winter solstice. And they provide this fruit you speak of. In the midsummer, they provide a fruit that heals any ailment. It is bright red and vibrant and shines with the color of the sun. However, during winter solstice, they return with a black and putrid fruit, which only causes death. Interesting. When did your family go missing? How long ago was this? They've been missing it for a month. A month. And what was their names? My son, Taldrin, and my daughter, Sharwin. They were noble in their pursuits. They left here a month ago with two other adventurers. What I don't understand is, Belgren was here 12 years ago, but your family went on quest only a month. Why? Recently, there have been many attacks against our wildlife at night, and we believe that Belloc has something to do with it. The town wouldn't sanction, the mayor wouldn't sanction sending the guards to the Citadel. So I funded an expedition for my daughter and son. Wow, you sent your own fucking children? That's kind of that's messed up. Someone had to do it, didn't they not? Well, it's definitely a strange tale. Can you tell me any information about the other two travelers that went with your daughter and son? They left with a local ranger named Caracas, and another man who was not a local, but he was a paladin carrying the sigil of Palor. So possibly some connection to the sh to the worshippers at the shrine. I, I have not given up hope that they are alive. Um, if you are going after Belloc, I implore you, if you find my son and daughter, to bring them back to me. If not, each of them carries a signet ring with our family crest on it. Should you bring this back to me, um, I will reward you as long as I offer you salvage rights to the Citadel itself. Since you offer coin, I will do as I can. We will return shortly. I have a companions I must inform with this information. We will see. I cannot guarantee anything. Good evening. I turn to you. Thank you. All right, so I leave the general store, and I, and, and I kind of, as I step out and close the door behind me, I make a perception check to see if anybody's looking at me or if I'm getting any 
Unwanted attention. Some, somebody's noticing me. People just seem to be. It's getting a little later in the afternoon. People are sort of uh, are wrapping up the merchant areas, and you see some fires getting started. People just sort of hanging out. All right, I'll make my way towards the tavern. Okay. Uh, you walk in and you see a very slosh rod right uh, at the bar. Uh, eyes barely open, sort of wavering back and forth. <laughs> Um, Tumani is in deep in conversation with Kilanen, uh, a an elf-like woman uh, sitting at the bar. Okay. Well, Sakura is sitting with her back to the bar and sort of just giving the evil snake eyes to the the tavern goers. There's, who who who's the first to notice me? Um, probably Sakura would be the first. To All right. Me. So I I notice Roderick is being belligerent and dumb and drunk, and I don't really want any part. I, don't I, mean, I mean, all of my dumbness is worn out. I'm just literally uh, drunk yeah, at this drunk. point. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I call out them near the door, kind of still kind of low. Snake girl. And then I, I have ask, a name, you insipid, ceasing piece of vulture crap. Ooh, you got her going on the S's. <laughs> <laughs> she rolled her C, too. That's interesting. Never mind. Uh, I, Never mind. <laughs> I am hurt now. What's going ne- on, no, our feathered friend? No, no. Ne- I'm, I'm speaking the snake. Never mind. Uh, our, our, uh, is the plan to stay in, in this filthy tavern? For one you night. There and go, hey. <laughs> I have news, but I will speak of it in the morning. And then I decide to kind of sneak off and go for one of the rafters. I'm not going to pay for a room. Okay, make a stealth check and then an acrobatic or an athletics check. Okay, so stealth. Oh, yeah. 22. Alright, and an athletics check. Damn it, come on. Alright, acrobatics. 14. All right, yeah, you uh, you find a nice shady corner to disappear under the shadows, and you climb up into the rafters and sort of perch, perch, and, uh, and rest. All right, so I basically told uh, she knows I'm here and that I have news, but I'm not going to speak of it till tomorrow. Okay. When everybody's sober and ready to go on. Garen comes down and says, uh, says "Your rooms are ready. Would you like me to show you up?" Yes. Sure. Garen yes. uh, offers to help. I'm, I'm mimicking. The, the drunk Ludwig is mimicking the S sounds that the snake is making. <laughs> Garen helps to, uh, offers to help the barbarian uh, stand. And, and He tries to climb up to his feet on his own. Nine plus three for constitution. Uh, re-roll that nine so you can get something lower. One. Yeah. <laughs> I get up. You say, no, no, no. And, uh, and you pass out. <laughs> and I quietly gather my little bag that's been at my feet and just nod to Garrett and say, uh, have, have a symbol. Can I? Does my room have a symbol? Uh, yeah, he says, you'll, you'll be staying in the, uh, in the purple nightingale. In my room. In, in the purple what? Nightingale. Purple nightingale. Thank you kindly, Garen. We'll see you later. And as I'm uh, I'm perched up there, kind of looking down, watching them come up the stairs to that room, do I notice the... Uh, I was cracking up because when he said he was watching our party go up the stairs from the rafter, 
I half expected him to pull down his pants and shit on me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Garen, Garen is literally dragging you. I, I am. I, I, I'm slightly annoyed by you, but I don't dislike you. I just, you know, I, I think you're kind of bumbling, and your brute strength is right. is a weakness. It's not, a, you know, I, I, because I'm stealthy, I'm subtle. You know, there's, there's ways to be much more. You're patient. He's not. You know. <laughs> your polar opposites. Yep. Uh, so you all are brought to your rooms and uh, and rest over the night. Hail the void, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of If I Could Wish a Wish. This episode marks the end of our first recording session. We usually play anywhere from like four to six hours, uh, depending on, on everybody's schedule, and I edit them down for your listening pleasure. Uh, but in our second session, which is starting next week, uh, we tried some different positioning with mics to try and get a little bit more coverage and tone down Ludwig a little bit. Overall, the audio quality starts to even out at the end of chapter two uh, when we obtained a mixing board capable of handling separate inputs for each of us. If you enjoyed listening to us, please let us know by subscribing and rating us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Also, you can contact us at facebook.com slash void at hailthevoidpod on Twitter or hailthevoidpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the show with that luscious bag of golden coins at your side, you can pledge at patreon.com slash hailthevoid. $5 a month gets you a special shout-out at the end of each episode, and 15 gets you a special thank you and an option to hear your name in one of our sessions. Tune in for an all-new episode next Tuesday when the adventure truly begins, and of course, again and always, Hail the Void.